You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I am so excited to share this episode with you guys. I had a chance to sit down with Nia while she was in New York for a quick little stint. She's usually based in London. I actually met her there. She is so full of light and positivity, and she goes by Nia the Light on Instagram, where she has hundreds of thousands of people following her. But what I love about Nia is she's all about self-love. She's all about positivity. And she really approaches the platform that she has and the attention that she gets from young women everywhere with a lot of responsibility and intention. And I just think it's so reaffirming to see that reflected in some of these kind of new up and coming voices. So I really, really love talking to her and getting her story. And there is a story that she shares in this interview that I found to be so moving just around dealing with trolls and hatred on the internet and how it can force you to assess yourself differently and think about the way that you move in the world. So you guys will hear it in the episode. Other than that, everything is great with me. Thank you all for all of the constant support. Love hearing from all of you. Thank you for everyone who has rated and reviewed the podcast on the Apple Podcast app. I so, so appreciate that. I am at Brooke DeVard on Instagram, on Twitter. And of course, if you want to stay in touch with the Naked Beauty community, it's at Naked Beauty Planet on Instagram. So let's get into this episode with Nia. And yeah, write me back. Tell me what you thought of it. Tell me the parts that stood out to you. I love when you guys send your screenshots when you're listening. Would love to know your thoughts on all of the topics discussed because we go deep in a few different areas. So again, I'm at Brooke DeVard or at Naked Beauty Planet. So curious to hear all of your thoughts. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, 
Solon logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I saw your story. I think it was on Exo Nicole, formerly Nicole Bitchy, which mm-hmm. you probably don't even know about. I know, that I remember that. Oh, you remember yes. that when you get all the celebrity tea and it was like really messy. And now she's like back with a revamped presence. Mm-hmm. But what I love about your story and just to tell people who aren't familiar, I know that your hundreds of thousands of followers know, but you were really famous for your hair. You had like beautiful, huge, gorgeous curls mm-hmm. and Many would argue that that was like your kind of claim to being in the spotlight. Mm -hmm. And then you were like, watch me work. I'm going to shave my head. I'm going to cut it all off and be just as popping. Yeah. What was that like? Um, I think because I started Instagram when I was 16, like at the time, I didn't know anything about self-love. So hearing people every day affirm me that my hair was beautiful, I then linked that with me being beautiful. Mm. But it wasn't until I realized that every day when I'd go out, I had to have my hair out as if it was some kind of uniform Mm. and then if someone would say you should tie your hair up or like you should try something new I'd be so offended because I couldn't and I didn't know how to and I just remember this one day in Cape Town I was on a tour for like five weeks doing events about natural hair and um I told my friends like, oh, I need to wake up at 5 a.m. tomorrow. And they were like, why? And I was like, because I need to wash my hair and like diffuse it. And they were like, just wear it up. And I was like, I can't do that. I won't be fro girl. And they were like, you're always going to be her, like regardless of what hairstyle you wear. So that morning I woke up at 8.30. I got three hours and a half extra sleep. (laughs) And then I slicked my hair and everyone online was like, wow, it's so nice to see your face. And that's when I realized that Mm. I had a really unhealthy obsession with looking a certain way that just wasn't possible like 24-7. Yeah, it it goes back to that. um, I don't know if you know the India Ari song, Mm -hmm. I Am Not My Hair. Exactly. It's it's amazing how quickly you can begin to associate yourself with a certain image and feel like you always have to maintain that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you've been able to like break free from that is incredible. Yeah. Especially at a young age of, well, at the time when I cut my hair, I was 20. So I'm yeah. happy that I did it as so young because even aside from like the whole self-love aspect, my hair's growing back so much healthier. Yeah. So now it's just going to be like a really fun journey to like keep that same energy and just make sure it's healthy. Yes. And I love your hair. Your baby hairs are popping oh, right now. You. These cornrows are everything. <laughs> Do you like you? braid styles yeah I love them now especially because of the winter like yeah. it's just a nice way to protect your hair and not worry about it every day and everything like that I know I'm like eager to put my braids back in mm-hmm. and so you're in New York now do you love I feel I was watching your story today you were on the subway oh, you yeah. got your burger I'm a New Yorker like, okay is she a New Yorker I'm like you're just like navigating the subway alone <laughs> yeah um I, I think it's my 14th time here now so oh, wow. It feels like home, but every time I'm here, I just feel really small Mm. because it's so big and it's so fast paced. And I'm just reminded like of how much of an impact like one person can make. Whereas in London, it's like my comfort zone. So I don't see myself in that way. Whereas here, it's like, whoa, like all these tall buildings, all these people. It's just a lot. 
but you still get recognized here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, today I'm Forever 21. I was looking for a scarf because it's minus something degrees. Yeah. Um, and a lovely lady came up to me and we had we shopped together. So that was fun. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, so I'm really grateful to like travel anywhere and meet someone on a plane or like at a train station. It just reminds me that I have a huge community of women who live a daily life but engage with me on my platform. Yeah. Would mm-hmm. you ever move to New York? That used to be my dream. Yeah, but and now, now you're like, no. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, that, and also I love London. Like, mm. I'm so grateful to live there and call that my home. There's so many amazing things about it. So I just embrace that, but I want to travel the world. So yes. I would love to live like somewhere like Cape Town or Ooh. Lisbon or even Brazil, like p- other places in the world for sure. So you are obviously known for your beauty, your skin, your Thank gorgeous you. hair. Do you feel a responsibility to keep it real with women about your approach to beauty? Because I feel like there's two sides of like beauty influencers, right? Mm. There's like people that literally always look perfect Mm -hmm. and they don't really tell you what they're doing or how they're doing it. They're just like, here I am looking gorgeous. And then there are people that kind of let you in a little bit more and share like, this is what I've been doing with my hair. And I saw even today, like you post, this is who braids my hair. If you want to get your braids done, hit up this person. Yeah. Do you feel like you are have a responsibility to share the like behind the scenes of your beauty? Definitely. Um, Ever since like just not exposing, but being in my truth where I'd share like I have acne or I have scars or sometimes like my brows are growing around where they shouldn't be. I just feel like I have that responsibility and I should own it. And if it can empower someone to like go outside without wearing makeup or try something new with their hair. Like it's always fun to just do that for women and for myself. So I'm all about sharing that for sure. You are pretty flawless. Um, (laughs) No, I've got flaws. (laughs) We all do. When you say like you have acne, I'm sure a lot of people are like, okay, girl, your acne is not the same as my acne. Well, I have back knee and that's a whole different kind of like insecurity because it comes and goes and like, as a kid, I got it around 12. It's and just like one day. You just yeah. And then I wouldn't go out without wearing a cardigan, even if it was a really hot summer's mm. day. Like I had to have a sweater on and then it went. And then sometimes it comes back, especially when Mother Nature says her <laughs> monthly visit oh, or like always. if I'm on a beach and I want to take fly pictures, then I see like back knee. I'm just like, oh, I can't what do you post do for that. It? I've learned not to like focus my life yeah. on my skin because you won't live because every day you wake up checking to see if a scar has faded or if a product you've invested in has worked and it's just so mentally draining so now I just focus on my diet like if I have Ben and Jerry's cookie dough and this is not an ad (laughs) then I notice that my skin will break out so I'm learning to like really reduce the amount of dairy I consume and it has made a huge difference but again I can't focus my life on like trying to have perfect skin because it's hormones. I'm still 21. So they, yeah, they go up and down when they want to. And what's your, where are you from? Like your family, where's your family Mm -hmm. from? Are you guys all from the UK? No. Well, my dad's from the UK, but then my great granddad was French. And then my mom is from Zimbabwe, but then my great great grandma was from Zambia. I haven't traced my history fully, but Ooh. that's as far as like I've gotten. You've got to do one of those like 23andMe, Ancestry.com yeah. things. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to. Your mom is from Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. The, in the south of Africa. And where's your dad from? From England. From England? Yeah. Is your dad white? Yeah. Are they like totally opposites? Well, color, yeah. <laughs> but, but also just the way they grew up yeah, was probably no, like sure. worlds apart. My dad grew up in North London and had a completely different upbringing to my mom who grew up in Zimbabwe and 
how they met was interesting. They met in a hospital oh um, and through like a common friend who was like, oh, you should like meet D, like Dorica, that's my mom's name. And then they went on dates and my mom introduced him to like travel and life experiences and just stepping out of the box. Whereas my dad's more like a life is a cyclical structure type of guy, like okay. her routine type of man. Yeah. So she introduced him to a whole different world. And then that's where I came into that's the so picture. Cute. And so growing up, did you learn things about beauty from your mom and like her background in Zimbabwe? And then Mm-mm, not no. really my mom, because she had acne when she was young, like her relationship with makeup wasn't a fun space. It was more so like, let covering me ha- up. yeah, covering up. So as a kid, I'd always go through her makeup stuff, but I would get in trouble because she didn't want me to like yeah. have that same relationship with it. And then a lot of my friends would wear like black eyeshadow or like bright pink lipstick and I wasn't allowed that so I began to like spend my put like my lunch money on makeup (laughs) and then um it just became like a whole experiment for me as opposed to learning like the essentials so only now I'm catching up with how to do your eyebrows or like how to do your foundation quite late in the game it's really interesting that you bring that up because I also remember not be, like sneaking and putting on mascara and my mom being like what are you like you're too young to do that but I don't think that's a thing anymore like because I see young girls with fully beat faces yeah, like contour sure. and they're 14 yeah because they have access to so much more like you can go to youtube academy and graduate like <laughs> with a full degree in how to yeah. contour so we didn't have that we just had like magazines and tv I know. even though i'm not that old but we didn't i didn't have youtube so even just if i mean you're only 21 but even just a few different like years makes a huge difference yeah, in like sure. what your exposure is mm-hmm. and then what about your dad did he have opinions about beauty or what you should be wearing or how you Um, should be presenting? No, he was more, I remember he took me to a doctor once because my acne really like got bad when I stayed with him for a summer. Um, And he literally took me to the doctors (laughs) and was like, what deal do with do? her face yeah and like literally <laughs> turned my face to him and pointed and I was just like dead um so he didn't have any of that at all but he's not really someone who focuses on appearance yeah. like he's he's a laid-back like let's go for a bike ride type of guy so okay. I get that balance between them because my mom's so focused on her aesthetic and my dad's not so can't be bothered yeah now how did he handle doing your hair when you were with him um well, he didn't really like have to do it. Okay. That was on my mum for okay. sure. So she would like get you prepped and then yeah. be like, you're going to your well, dad. Well, she relaxed my hair ah, um, okay. from three until 11. And oh, then wow. when um, I was 11, I saw a girl in, we call it secondary school. You guys call it high school. Um, that's when I first started and she had curly hair. And I was like, I want hair like her. Like, I used to have that. I remember my baby pictures and mum was like, you need to cut your hair all off to get your curls back. Yeah. So that was my first big chop at 11 the curls didn't come back because she didn't cut it like as short as I went last year she just did like a little bob and then I would like use foams and all these kind Try of to get it, getting yeah. it to curl mm-hmm. and then I did another big chop at 15 to completely get rid of all the damaged hair and then that's when the whole like natural hair journey began Wow. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that feeling of getting, it's been a long time since I've had a relaxer, but I can remember oh, my for scalp sure. burning and yeah. that smell. It's kind of like your body's- and the thick, t- like ointment of it. Yeah. yeah. And it's like almost like your body is telling you like, stop, abort, like this yeah. isn't natural, like mm-hmm. get it out of here. But then I also think that relaxer is unnecessarily demonized. Like I think you can also have healthy hair and have a relaxer. Yeah. And I don't like when the natural hair community gets like too militant and mm-hmm. like- this is the best way to be because I have color in my hair 
And that's like a very harsh chemical as well. No, I feel you. I mean, I definitely remember that whole experience. My mom was really good at it. So I never got to the scalp burning part. Oh, your mom did your relaxer. Yeah, she okay. did mine. Like every month it would be like, come on. And I'd sit on the special pillow and she'll just do my roots. I loved like looking like the girl on the box afterwards because mm. the girl on the box looked so happy. She looked so confident. She had her whole life together, even mm. though she was like eight. So I just, I loved like that whole <laughs> she aesthetic. She had her whole life together. Literally. No, I remember, I think there was a brand called the Just For Kids. Yeah, Just For Me. Just For Me. Yeah. Yes, with the, with the four. Yeah. Wow. That was the one. I'm like, you're taking The me dark back. and lovely one was too harsh for me because it was for adults. Yes. So I always had to use the kids one. The Just For Me. Yeah. She did look like she had her whole life she together really for eight-year-olds. That's so funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so obviously at 15, you decided no more yeah. chemicals. What type of secondary school did you go to? Was it mixed race? Like, was it okay. predominantly white? So, didn't you want like? I feel like there's this desire that a lot of black girls have growing up to have their hair like hang down, right? Yeah. Did you have that? I mean, because um, at the time I did want the straight hair look, but then when I did start embracing my curls, it was like a I was an exhibition for the day. Like, wow, look at that! Can I touch it? And from that attention that I got, I then hung on to it everyone knew me for the girl with the fro like even in my local community I'd go to the town and it's like the girl with the fro fro girl and that's where fro girl Ginny was born because everyone would call me afro girl so in a way like they helped me to develop that because I stood out for my big curly hair yeah and you've Mm -hmm. had a ton of brand campaigns with L'Oreal and like you had so much connected to your hair Mm -hmm. and now you have um, you know amazing and even better opportunities but was it scary for you to realize I could lose all of this by cutting it off. I never once thought that at all. Like everyone around me did who I told. Like my dad, I remember he came to my house to like help me put my new closet up. And he saw like all these deliveries from Nike and like Foot Locker. And he was like, when you cut your hair, you're going to lose all of this. And I was just like, even if I do, like it's just sneakers. Like let's look at the bigger picture here. I'd rather not lose myself than the luxury and the lifestyle that comes with social media. So I just believed that regardless, I still had a degree anyways. And hair grows back. How did you fit into your school? Um, I was shy, but then I had a lot of confidence like at home. So like if um, I remember... Lady Mama, what was that song with Christina Aguilera and Little Kim? Oh, Lady Marmalade. Yes, when yes. that would come on, like I would be there doing the Gucci Gucci, yeah, yeah, okay. whatever they're saying. Can you sing also? No, 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 no. Okay. I did go to acting school and performing arts school, but I'm not going to see you being an actress. 100%. I'm not going to sing in this mic, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I used to love doing that. And then when I did my school end of year school play at ten, I went on stage and this confidence burst out of me and Mm. that's where I was able to like own myself as a young girl but for the most part I was very shy because I didn't know who I was and being mixed race like or biracial it was hard to know whether I could be Zimbabwean or whether I had to be British so Mm. that was also played a part in my confidence for sure. Do you identify as black now or do you identify as mixed race? That's always such a tricky question especially in America because you're either white or black whereas in the UK 
you can be mixed race. Like right. you can say I'm mixed and people are totally fine with that and want to know you're mixed. Whereas I've said it openly in America and it's been like, no, you're not, you're black. So mm. it's such a tricky one, but I identify as mixed because when I go to my dad's house, he's a white man who loves the English yeah. breakfast and, and like, <laughs> loves English yeah, breakfast. and plays like all his funny like 80s music yeah. that reminds him of England back in the day. And then when I'm with my mom, we, I eat Zimbabwean food and speak <clears throat> in my Zimbabwean language. So what's the language? Shauna. Shauna, can you say like a little something? Yeah, I'll say today I'm here with you. <clears throat> so Nasi um, Diri Kuita Podcast Nebruk. Oh, wow. It's a beautiful language. Thank you. Have you spent time in Zimbabwe? Yeah. I mean, I was made there, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that and get in trouble. But I've spent like a month or two there. But I, a lot of my childhood, I'd go back and forth. So I have a really strong connection with like my Zimbabwean side. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I know you travel all over the world, yeah. which is incredible. And I love following you to see oh, how you're experiencing you. these different cities. Mm-hmm. Where's your favorite place that you've traveled to? And how did you get really tapped into travel as a way to develop yourself? Um, tapped into travel, I'll start with that one. When I was 14, my mom bought me a flight to Dallas because I have family like in different parts of America. I just used my accent to my advantage and everyone <laughs> helped me like along the way. Um, but I realized from there like, how amazing it is to be independent and that you always have your own back and I learned that today especially on the subway like I got lost and I was like oh I'll be fine whereas usually like I might have had a breakdown if I wasn't as exposed to being lost in the parts of India or like Bali Mm. or wherever so I learned that you'll always be okay and then your second question was my favorite place um I love who I became when I went to India um because it wasn't a glamorous trip it was quite uncomfortable but I left with such a knowledge of what being a woman is um and then I love Cape Town just because it has such a mix of like the beauty of the beach and then you've got the city life and you, it's just really beautiful but I also love Lisbon because it's Portugal the, yeah like the mix of the Moroccan culture the Spanish the Portuguese you just have such a unique blend and I just really feel inspired by it that's amazing. I want to hear more about India because mm-hmm. I've never been to India. And okay. when you say you got in touch with what it means to be a woman there, yeah. what do you mean by that? So I went during Holy Festival. Actually, okay. this time last year is yeah, when I went. Yeah, it's like the color festival, Yeah, right? and it was a really spontaneous trip. Like me and my friend booked it like four days before and we had to like buy an expensive visa because it was that last minute. And when I got there, I had no expectations, but I had just cut my hair. So I was already naturally quite vulnerable to everyone and everything. And just having people come up to you and just slap you with like powder. Naturally, I'm quite reserved. I don't like people in my space. I didn't know what exactly I was, what I'd signed up for. So having all of that energy was really overwhelming for me. And then a lot of experiences where people made you feel less of a human because you're a woman. I counted a lot of that. Like Like what did they do? Just like people take, I wouldn't say taking you for idiot, but just... Making dismissing you, th- you yeah a lot of that like if you're waiting in line and a whole group of men walk in like you go back to the end of the line they'll just immediately they'll just, cut you yeah immediately oh my God. and I just remember I'm really good at analyzing energy like the waiter mm. being like he, um she was there and they just looked at me and dismissed me and it just reminded me that in some parts of the world women don't have a voice and they're not able to be free I just remember a lot of young girls looking at me with admiration that I had short hair because a lot in places like that 
like long hair is beauty so yeah it was it was quite overwhelming for me I definitely you can see it in the vlog like I'm not as positive or like happy all the time as I usually am so it was a lot for me sometimes the best trips are the ones that you have to unpack later yeah right? it's like you have the experience and then you process it after for the sure. fact mm-hmm. and you're like oh wow this actually changed me and developed me in yeah. some way mm-hmm. one of the other things I love about travel because I also believe in like the power of travel to help you develop yeah seeing all the different purchase to beauty all mm-hmm. over the world for right sure. is there anything interesting that you saw in I mean obviously they have Ayurvedic beauty that's like all from India mm-hmm. um, henna which like I do for my natural hair yeah. but what beauty practices have you picked up from your travels um I think Definitely using like a really good serum and SPF. But interesting things that I've seen all around the world is that I always find a bleaching cream like in a shop. Wow, yeah. All the time. No matter where I go, like if I'm just going to get some candy or a bottle of water in the beauty section, I will always see one. And it's so worrying. Yeah, but that it's still such a thing for women to feel like they have to be lighter to be more beautiful. It's crazy. I was just talking to you. I had a guest um, from, she was born in Iran mm. and she was saying how as like a young girl, you're like taught, don't go in the sun. Yeah. And I was saying that's so amazing. She's, you know, Iranian, like pretty fair skinned. And I was like, it's amazing how similar that is to stuff you hear in the US. Mm. It's just like this global, I don't know, desire to be fair and equating whiteness with beauty, which is very disturbing. Mm-hmm. Do you think things are changing though? I think they are, especially with the social media world, but social media doesn't reach the whole world because Mm. not everyone has access to it. So there still needs to be more of like a a positive force of women who are just owning their skin tones. And that's why I'm really happy to see brands use a variety of different women, especially brands like Fenty. Like it's so refreshing talking to Sephora and see a dark skinned girl standing next to a really pale white girl so it's just really like empowering yeah and I'm sure like on the other side I don't think about it as often but super pale women haven't been represented that Mm. much either like I guess you have like a Kate Blanchett like you have some beauties that are like really truly pale but you don't see them a lot in ad campaigns either everything's kind of this like tan medium yeah even albinos as well like you don't see a lot of them in campaigns and I'd love to for sure yeah yeah And so when you do all of these brand campaigns Mm -hmm. um, and you think about what you're representing, do you feel a sense of responsibility to all of the the women that follow you? Yeah. The first thing I always think of is like representing for my Zimbabwean side because there's not really like a lot of women. There's Tanache, like a few. Oh, she's from Zimbabwe? Okay, I didn't Um, know that. There's a few women who are like from there, but the first time I always walk into a set, I'm like, I'm representing for like the Zimbabwean women um, in the world. But yeah, I definitely do. Um, The one thing I'd love to see a change in with the industry is having like more people behind the set, like who are of color, Mm -hmm. because sometimes I've literally been on set and I'm the only person of color and I'll be representing the brand, but then the director was a white male and the producer, the makeup artist, the hairstylist. And it's like, there should be more of us behind the scenes too. So that's something I really want to see. Yeah. And it's so important for you to use your voice to say that because Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of brands think like, okay, look at our campaign and our billboards. We're inclusive, but they don't think about the behind the scenes. And I think they also probably think that people don't notice. Mm -hmm. Like when they have someone like you come on set, they probably think like, oh, she's just happy to be here. But You can definitely notice the difference between like a black queen, like (laughs) laying your edges (laughs) on on campaigns. I've seen some campaign videos and I'm like, that was not a black woman who (laughs) 
who did that. Like a black you, woman did not take care of her hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you you know for sure. By the way, your edges are super laid. Thank you. What what is your product of choice to get these um, edges? Bumble and Bumble. Um, oh, really? They have this gel. It's not even for edges because it's quite mm. liquidy. But today I've let them be messy because um, I want it to be like the laid back look. But usually I use their gel and like really smooth them down. Okay. Bumble mm-hmm. and Bumble. I have, to, I have a mousse from them that I really mm-hmm. like for the washing. The gel oil is really good. That's the one I use. Yeah. And okay. it's, for, it's for curl specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know t- a million brands come up to you and they're like, please, please, Nia, be like our ambassador for our like new curl cream, our deep conditioner. Mm-hmm. Do you try everything before you decide 100%. to endorse? Okay. Even, what's your strategy? Are you like, send it to me first. I'll try and then decide. Um, recently, ever since moving into my own home, because I live in a studio, I can't consume as much as I used to. Okay. So now like I'm quite selective of what I invite mm. into my home, onto my skin, into my body. Even if it's free. Yeah. Okay. Even so if brands it's are like, free. please let us send it to you. And you're like, maybe. No, I, I just have to like be mindful as well of everything, especially clothes. Like yeah. I've been really informed recently of like how much fast fashion can affect the environment yeah. and is affecting it. So I've been a lot more mindful of how much I accept from brands. But for skincare, um, I love anything Elemis. Oh, like their stuff is really good. Yeah. Declaw is amazing. But then hair stuff, I love Skimdo. Um, it's, by, it's by a woman who actually lives in New York okay. and she has an amazing curl cream, which oh, okay. I, do know I swear it. I do know by it. it. Like it's so good. And recently I've been trying an experiment with Carol's daughter. Okay. So I do like to keep it selective because also if you use too much, your hair and skin are going to freak out. Absolutely. So keep it simple, try it, finish it, and then move on to the next thing. And do you get into hair typing stuff like no. 3A, 3C? It's very overwhelming, so overwhelming and confusing. Yeah, and then it's like a 3A woman can have a texture of someone with four absolutely like, so it's so overwhelming sometimes and I also feel like it's kind of like a mean girls like food court where it's like the three A's sit on one table <laughs> and the three B's sit on the other it's like let's yeah. all just acknowledge everyone's curl type and just embrace the community that we've all been trying to build for a really long time absolutely absolutely and I have found that the fact that my hair is um, fine and high porosity is much more it's like a much better indicator for me for figuring out which products work versus like curl type Mm -hmm. do you know what your hair porosity is no I finally like did the test yeah so low porosity hair is very difficult for that hair to absorb moisture so it takes a long time to get wet Mm. high porosity hair gets soaking wet oh I'm high I'm high porosity (laughs) so it gets but then it doesn't hold on to moisture because it's like easy in easy Mm -hmm. out so then once I learned I was like high porosity I started picking products that were better for high porosity hair and I was like oh wow this is like actually helpful versus the curl type thing which I feel like is very like Okay. Yeah. Not as helpful. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the natural hair community? Because it's like Ooh. quite a thing. <sighs> you're like, <laughs> yeah, where do I'm I like, start? Um, I used to be really active and involved in it because ultimately that helped me to be where I am today. Yeah. But there was a point in my life where I was accused of being a natural hair hijacker and meme, a meme mean? went viral of a woman expressing her frustrations that like... About I, you? Not about me, but about my uniform like it was a she used a picture of me and wrote her frustrations that she's no longer seeing like a black woman on ads and stuff and it went viral and I spent I would spend she was saying that you weren't a black woman um yeah saying that I wasn't a black woman but it was a long paragraph that she wrote and someone took a screenshot of it and then wrote thoughts and then from there another person reposted it and so on and so on and then 
I remember I was in Dubai at the time, I'm coming home and I saw someone sent it to me and I was like, this is going to go viral. Like I just had a <laughs> feeling just knew, I knew like, I, I and I was like, I'm coming. not even mentally ready because I'd been traveling for eight weeks and I was ready to go home and like kind of detach from the internet. But that made me indulge in it even more for the wrong reasons. Yeah. So I'd spend hours like reading comments, like 2000 comments, 3000 comments of people like d- obviously defending me because my picture was there, but it wasn't about me. It was about the whole community. So from there, I was really scarred and became very like vulnerable and closed off to that whole internet basically because I took a lot of the comments personally. And one of the comments I took personally was, um, who is she without her hair? And I didn't have the answer to that. And that's when I was like, I don't know. And from that that moment, I was like, okay, I'm going to cut my hair. Wow. Yeah. So everything happens for a reason. That woman could have picked anyone's picture to express her frustrations, but she chose mine. And from there, I had to like sit down with myself and also realize how obsessed I was with social media. I just got goosebumps listening to that story because it's true. Everything does happen for a reason. And there's a reason your photo is picked. And there's a reason why you went through all the comments. There's a reason why you saw that one comment. Yeah, for sure. And it stuck with me. And it stuck with you. Mm -hmm. And isn't it amazing? Like you can get 10,000 compliments every single day. But then sometimes it's like that one specific mean comment that just hits a nerve yeah. where you're like, oh, this just like poked something inside yeah, of me. Yeah, but I think it's because we have this really like unhealthy addiction to social media and we all get validated from it. So when you see someone telling you your outfit isn't fly, but 12 other people did and you know it's fly and they're <laughs> like, what are you wearing? You're like, hold up a minute like it then makes you question everything so I think we also place way too much power in the opinion of others which is something I hope we all like detach from because it's really unhealthy so how do you prioritize your own Mm self-care and well-being while also having this huge presence on social media um well I put it first for sure and I understand that depending on what kind of mood I'm in every mood has a different self-care routine. So if I'm feeling like low about my looks or whatever, like I tend to do things not focused on that. Like I'll maybe um, fill in my scrapbook or I write in my journal every day Mm. or clean my home. And then if it's a day where I'm just feeling low because of the weather, then I'll do a mud mask or like exfoliate my skin. So I have different methods of self-care because I find that it's really important to cater to every aspect of your like mind, body, heart and soul. So that's been a long time to learn, but I'm happy I have. And you're super slim. You're very petite. Uh, (laughs) Do you work out? Do you watch what you eat? I, all I do is watch what I eat, but okay. I wish I worked out. Like, I wish I was that girl who woke up at 5 a.m. and went to the gym at 6 and did yoga. And There are only so many hours in a day, yeah, so it's like no, I just wish I was that give, girl, but I'm not. I wake up at 9 and, like, feel bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to work on that. Um, but, yeah, I want to start working out for sure. When just, you do work out, what do yeah. you like? Or do you like running? Squats. You like, ooh. Yes. I love squats, too. There's and like squats something. to a song okay. is really good because you, like – feel like you're at a party dancing and it keeps you going. You just wait for the song to end. Like it's a good way instead of just going one, two, three. Exactly. Oh my gosh. There's a workout here. If you're still in New York and have time called banana skirt where Mm -hmm. you just like literally twerk for an hour and it's like the best cardio plus squats ever. (laughs) When you're like just doing squats at home, do you put on a playlist? Yeah. Um, I love Afro beats and like a bit of bashment for sure. Okay. Yeah. Create a vibe. Mm -hmm. Love that. 
And for your diet, when you say you watch what you eat, is it like a calorie counting thing or is no. it like, okay. It's mainly um, vegan and then maybe like three times a month I'll have fish. Okay. Um, and I try to minimize So you don't eat dairy. meat at all? No. Like you don't? So when you got a burger today, it was a veggie burger? Yeah. Where'd you go? Shake Shack? I went to buy Chloe. It's easy to be vegan in New York mm-hmm. and it's really easy to be vegan in Los Angeles because mm-hmm. that's just like the land of health and wellness. In London, at least from when I lived there, it yeah. is not easy. I know, but I eat a lot at home okay. and I meal you prep cook. a lot. Yeah. What do you cook? Um, I get inspired by a lot of Caribbean and like Asian dishes. Okay, so my, coconut milk. And- yeah. Mm-hmm. And my best friend taught me how to cook um, and she's from Nepal. So okay. a lot what's of, her name? Her name's Shay. Shay. Shout out to Shay. Shout out to it's Shay. always good to have a friend that teaches you things. Mm-hmm. So from like 12, I'd go to her house and she's like, she could make gourmet meals. So I learned from her. So a lot of my dishes you would think is an Asian woman cooking. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is quite worrying. Um, but I love like rice and peas and like a veggie curry like that's and stir fries and things like that's my go-to yeah it's amazing how many delicious things you can cook just with vegetables if you don't even need meat Mm -hmm. okay I want to get into the beauty products or trends that you really love at the moment okay I'm all about like a dewy, glowy face. Yes. So love that. Make sure that you use a um, serum first okay. and then you really massage that into your skin. There's um, a woman called Nicola Joss and she does Meghan Markle's, um, she's her skin therapist and she taught me a lot like how to massage Wait, you your have, face. You have the same skin therapist as Meghan Markle? Yeah. Oh, wow. Fancy <laughs> flex. I love so- it. <laughs> Skin therapist, is this a UK term? We call it like a facialist. Yeah, well, both. Okay, same thing. skin therapist. That yeah. sounds even fancier. So okay. um, she taught me like a lot of massaging techniques okay. to really like just bring out your face and get everything in yes, there. Yeah, exactly. So I do a lot of that with my serums. Then I use the SPF. What's in the um, serum that you use? Um, right now I'm using the Elemis Superfoods one. Okay. So it's just a green bottle. But to tell you the list of ingredients, yeah. my brain won't be able to no, do but that. I, I know that one and it has a lot of natural ingredients. Yeah. In it, so that's good. Mm-hmm. And then so the SPF and then after I let that kind of dry, but just before it does, I add a primer. And then I do the foundation okay. and just make sure you really like use that in circular motions and Sir John Beyonce's makeup artist he when I met him he was like your skin's glowing and I was like yes Yes. and that is because my new beauty technique is washing your face for 60 seconds um because interesting with the cleanser yeah I've noticed that in adverts or anything people literally put the cleanser on and then wash it off like a second later Mm. but you need to really like get the dirt out and refresh your skin so 60 seconds and my favorite beauty trends I love me like a really color popped eyeliner. Ooh, I love that too. Which yeah. eyeliner do you use to get that color? Um, right now it's the L'Oreal one and it's like pink. I'm okay. kind of into the Ooh, pinks right a now. pink eyeliner. I yeah. haven't seen that. That would be gorgeous mm-hmm. on you. Thank you, Queen. But I also love like a colorful mascara and I'm using the L'Oreal Baby Roll. It's like a lilac color. It just Amazing. gives you such a cool vibe. Like the Rihanna White Eyeliner was really yummy that yes. she wore last year. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love a blue um, mascara as yeah. well. Any other beauty trends you love? Um, I do love me a Becca Cosmetics highlighter. I love Becca Cosmetics. Yeah. And I feel like Becca Cosmetics doesn't get the love it deserves. Mm-hmm. But the highlighter is yummy. And um, I went to like a makeup class and she told us not to do like the whole directly down your nose. Like just do the tip the of little your nose. tip of your nose. And then maybe just halfway 
up your nose like don't do the whole way because then it looks natural and yeah. it really looks like the sun just kissed your skin totally mm-hmm. do you know Jackie Ina yeah she had an amazing tip with highlighter that I've started to try a few times and I'm like oh this is really good mm-hmm. she puts her highlighter on before her foundation oh. so it's like you glow from the inside yeah. out and I was like oh that's a good tip oh that's a good one people that like really know makeup it's amazing what they can do for sure every time I'm with a makeup artist I'm like what do you how and yeah. they're like it's light and dark and shadow and it's mm-hmm. like it really is an art but skincare is the best primer true. for Absolutely. makeup. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's so true. What's your primer of choice? Um, I recently just finished the ColourPop one. Okay. And now I'm trying a new one. I have got Bare Minerals in my makeup bag as well with okay. me. So I'll be trying that one too. Because I'm doing New York and then travels to like the Caribbean. So I might have different needs for the yeah. different climates. Do you know what's so funny? I realized that I felt all of this shame about it. But now I'm just like out and open about it I wear makeup on the beach and really? I yes and I mean not like a full face yeah. but like I'll do like a little bit of like NARS concealer mm-hmm. and mascara because mm-hmm. like I'm on the beach and like we're gonna take pictures. oh that's mellow like I thought you meant like a whole thick layer oh, no, no, no. no 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 but even that still is like a kind of ridiculous because you're like you're on the beach yeah. like do you have like for example, if I go to work out, I don't put any makeup on. Some mm. people put makeup on to work out and then it's sort of like, why do you need to do that? But I do wear makeup on the beach because mm-hmm. I feel really beautiful on the beach. So I'm like, I just want to be like the best version of yeah. myself. Do you do um, makeup on the beach? I do a lip balm okay. and um, brows, like, of course. Yeah. And then maybe like concealer around the nose or just yeah, on just any like scars. a little, right? Just in case I'm going to take pictures. Exactly. But if I know it's just tanning straight up, glasses, book, like, yeah. then I won't do anything. But lip balm is like, has a to must. be. Yeah. What's your favorite lip balm? Oh, I tried a new one. I bought it today and it's the Smith's Tropical Ambrosia Balm. And it's really like yummy. It? Yeah, from Sephora. Okay. Because my other one you ran out. don't have Sephora. No. So I did go, I did do a little <sighs> shop today. Sephora's I bought a new great. brow pencil. So I'm going to see how that Which goes. Which brow pencil? Anastasia? Anastasia. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> what other brow pencil <laughs> is there? Exactly. What other brow pencil is there? What about your beauty tips for travel? Definitely a powder. Um, okay. I've been trying the Fenty Beauty one. I love their, their it's really so, good. It's so it's like a filter for your face. Yeah, it's re- especially after watching Rihanna's tutorial on it. Know, like I she really sold it to me. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else do I love? Um, a yummy gloss. I love okay. Glossier. Boy brow is clutch yes. for travel, life, yes. sleep, everything. Have you been to their flagship here? No, I haven't. You have to go. I don't want to go because I'll end up like <laughs> just swiping my card away. So yeah. let me control myself. What do you do when you're on the plane? So my, like, every single time I travel, I have to have that little Evian mist spray because mm-hmm. I just, like, spray my face with water throughout the flight. Do you have any in-flight beauty things that um, you do? Definitely a sheet mask, especially if it's a wow. long flight. Wow, wait, you're sheet masking on the flight? Yeah. You're just like, I don't care what anyone thinks I did it on a flight to Zimbabwe, <laughs> like, a month, two months ago, and every, I was sitting in the back of the plane, but it was obviously right by the toilet. Yeah. So everyone was, was like, like, what are you doing? What is she doing? And you're like, it's my skin. Literally. I'm not worried about you people. Exactly. Um, and then I love this brand called Bybee Beauty, and it's vegan, and they have a strawberry like booster serum and you can mix it with your moisturizers so I like to use that as well like daily but I took it with me on the flight and it was really good nice Mm -hmm. and do you apply your makeup with your hands or do you you use brushes brushes okay Mm -hmm. what are your go-to brushes um NYX how do you say that mix I'm not really a makeup girl like that I just have the essentials so pronouncing these brands I don't (laughs) want to get trolled on the internet (laughs) I think it's NYX yeah um I love their brushes I have like a whole set they're really good especially like their foundation brushes they're really yummy I do everything with my hands oh really yeah I feel like 
You have more control. You have more control. And to, to your face therapist, was that, was that what you call them? Yeah. The facial therapist? Yeah. I think that like massaging things into your skin is actually better for like the overall look of it. Yeah. And I think the popularity of jade rollers and all this stuff, it face gym is like huge in oh, London. Oh yeah, I've had face gym before. Uh, oh, you've done that? Yeah. I, like I think that's crazy. I know. It I'm was like, so interesting. It's like you pay someone to beat your face up? Yeah, but then it feels like an electric shock. Like, like what are they doing? They're just like... they. Well, they believe that if we exercise our body, we should also exercise our face, which is a really good way of looking at it. Totally. But they literally will put their hands like in your mouth and like exercise your mouth like from the inside yeah. out. And it's just such a weird experience. And when I was filming it, like there was no point where I was like, this is cute enough to post <laughs> on stories. So it's one of those ones where you like shut down and just yeah. enjoy the moment. Yeah. It's definitely very different. Yeah. But I think... There is a point to that. And I really believe in like self-facial massage. But yeah. I also don't think you have to pay for it. Like I don't think you have to pay someone to massage your face. Mm-hmm. Like just do it on your own. Yeah. What about the beauty trends that you're really over and you want to see go away? Like just harsh makeup. <laughs> like in general, I think I want to see people just... When I saw like Sir John do the makeup tutorial and when he spoke about Beyonce's skin, like he doesn't go too crazy on her face. Like yeah. he works with what she has, even though she's already like <laughs> so she's, beautiful. She's a goddess. Yeah. yeah, but I think I'd love to see people like really work with what they have and just like enhance that and just use makeup as a fun tool as opposed to like being dependent on it. What about when you're in Zimbabwe? What is huge the, difference? Yeah. Like, how, how do women wear their hair there? My cousin actually, she big chopped like as soon as I left because I obviously was, is, I'm natural. So she saw me like rocking my curls and she had still had her straight relaxed hair, but she had natural hair growing through. So it was a bit of a hassle for her. Yeah. So she shaved all of her hair, but I remember watching her do her makeup and she was using like an eyeliner for a brow <laughs> pencil, or, like just these crazy things for improvisation because she didn't have access to a lot mm. of things. So I gave her like a lot of my stuff and I was just horrified like of what she was using, but she had to make do with what she had. We totally forget the access that we have. You know, there are people that use the same product to wash their hair, Mm -hmm. wash their face, wash their body. Yeah. And we're so spoiled that we have like, you know, 12,000 serums that we can pick from, 12,000 sunscreens that we Mm -hmm. can pick from. That's why I'm being more mindful of like how much I use and how much I consume because you can literally end up with like a whole storage room full of products when some other women in a shelter or like, who don't have homes might need it. So I try to also do like a lot of donating as well. That's great. Because brands do send me a lot. So I always try to do that. Yeah. What's it? I, I just, it must be so amazing to like come home and just have like gifts every day. Mm-hmm. Like, does it does it feel overwhelming? Does it still feel exciting? Like, how does it feel to have all of these brands send exciting. you so much stuff? It feels really exciting. Is it exciting. overwhelming too a little um, bit? It can be if I don't have storage for it. Because oh, I'm wow. trying to be a minimalist. Like, okay. that's one of my goals. Oh, wow. So when it's clothes, I just look at them like, you don't have a space. Like, you don't yeah. have anywhere to go. But if it's skincare, like, I'm, I don't have a lot of that. So I get excited to, like, try mud masks and things like that. And then hair care, I use the same set of things. So it's always fun to try new things. But, yeah, I'm grateful. Like, it's really cool to do that, especially when my friends come over. Like, yes, they oh have playtime yes. in my – I always have a bag for friends. So anytime someone comes over, over, there's always a bag for them to rummage through and like shop in. Are you quite into like designer stuff? Um, I only like have one designer thing and it's a Chloe bag that I bought in Dubai. It was my first one. I had to get it there because you feel so bougie when you're there. <laughs> but I'm not really into it. Um, but only recently I've like paid attention to like 
a Louis bag or like some YSL heels. Yeah. Like I've just been lurking on different things. And you're only 21, but you make your own money, mm-hmm. right? And you understand, like you're putting in the work, you understand the value of work. Where yeah. do you, where do you focus like investing on? Like if you're going to spend money on something, like what is it going to be? Um, I'm a huge saver. Okay. Um, and I get that from my mom, like observing like how she Good. was with her finances. So because I live by myself now and I'm self-employed, not that I like to look at life this way, but you don't know what tomorrow may bring. So I, my biggest investment is always my like rent or like bills and yeah, stuff like travel. that. Or yeah, travel. Or travel a lot of time is, pay, is paid yeah. for mm-hmm. for you, which is great. But when it's trips like that are just for me, I really invest on where I'm staying to make sure I'm able to afford like the different experiences without hesitation. Mm-hmm. I'm more of an investment on life experiences as opposed to like materialistic things. Yeah. Same, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And do you travel alone sometimes? Yeah, I do. I've done it a few times and it's always really insightful to like learn yourself and just be your own company. Um, But nothing beats like a girl's trip for sure. When people tell you you're an old soul or do people say you've been here before? Because that's people all the time. Do you believe in that? Yeah, I definitely believe in reincarnation. And sometimes um, like, especially when I watch stuff do the Black Panthers or anything civil rights, I have a really strong like, like feeling in my body mm. whenever I see anything to do with that and I don't know why I feel like I was in the Black Panthers like <laughs> fighting for freedom and especially when I went to the um slave castles in Ghana like maybe I hear that's such an emotional experience yeah but just walking the walk of a woman like a slave going up to the master's bedroom it just reminded me of like the journey of a black woman of a woman of color so yeah I'd, those experiences have made me realize like I've for sure been here before. That's yeah. I, I, I can only imagine I've never been to Ghana, but I can Mm. only imagine just those slave castles are so much energy. Loads. My feet, like my veins were all literally like just swollen. Cause you feel, you feel feel it it. when they tell you, like, I remember we were in the female dungeon and they were like, okay, the master's just called you to your, to his bedroom. You need to go up the stairs. And like that experience was just so overwhelming. And then seeing the difference of where the master would sleep and where the slaves would sleep. And then when they would say, okay, your boat's here. Like you're now going to walk chain through this small door. Mm. And the door they walked through was so tiny Mm. one by one. And there's so many facts like that I still hold on to. One of them being that um, people went blind when they would go outside to go on the ship because they weren't exposed to light. They literally had one source of light, air and food and water. And it was the same source, just Mm. a tiny like rectangle in the wall. (sighs) Yeah. It's really deep to think about. And also, like, obviously you live in the UK. Mm. It must also be a complicated place for you to be in terms of, like, reckoning with both sides of that history. Yeah, for sure. I once dated a guy who made me look at something that I'd never done before when he said, how does it feel to be mixed when, like, a white, your dad's white and a white the masters were white and your mom's yeah. black and the slaves, like the female slaves are black. And I'd never looked to my parents that way and I never wanted to, but it just put things into perspective that we have come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. Absolutely. And it's also interesting that people in the U.S. are so resistant to this like mixed race identity mm. because you, yeah, you are a blend of both of your parents and both of those histories are part of who you are. And I think the Meghan Markle wedding was like this he, like at least here in the U.S., it was like the first black princess. Like they, yeah. she wasn't 
necessarily acknowledged as mixed race. It was very mm. much like she's the first black princess. What was it like in Funny enough, the in the UK, it was it was like that too. Really? Okay. Yeah. And the headlines of like newspapers, they literally went back to like her family history and traced that like one of her great, great, great grandmas was once a slave and owned by the British um, kingdom. Oh my God. And it was just like, wow, the extremes that the tabloids are going into. That's crazy. Yeah, it was It was a really sensitive time and it still is. She gets a lot of heat like for holding her baby bump or flying to New York to have her bridal shower. And they're like, why is she spending the money? Like it's just, she gets a lot and... I just hope that she's not exposed to it because I don't know if the royals have an Instagram, like a private one with like a weird username, but I just hope (laughs) that she doesn't see any of that because it could bring her down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you and your family care about the royals? No. No? (laughs) It's it's something, it's it's very interesting culturally, the difference between, like I remember um, my office was by Paddington by that hospital. And mm. I think it was when George was being born when I lived there and there were people camped outside. And I was like, yeah. why is everyone waiting? Outside? And they were like, we're waiting for like the arrival of the new king. And I was like, what? Yeah. I mean, everyone <laughs> loves Princess Diana. Like, Of course. I mean, she's day. amazing. Yeah. And I still like tried to emulate her styles. I did a campaign with Gap and I remember like recreating one of her looks and her pictures. One of everything. her like denim looks? Yeah. Love. Mom jeans with a white shirt. Yes. She'd gone to somewhere in Africa to campaign. Iconic look. Yes. Yeah. So I always love her style, but people still like love her and feel her energy so were you even alive when she died I was two months old oh my god yeah well you guys had a two-month overlap that's like an energy that's something and my mom still has the newspaper when they announced her death that's how like much people loved her and fun fact like the day that Princess Diana died was the most the highest rate of kettles being used Oh my god! Because everyone was like, "I need my tea." Yeah. So the electricity companies saw like a huge surge in the electricity, and that's the highest rise it's ever been. I'm like a random facts person. No, I love it. I love random facts. <laughs> Are you into tea? Yeah, I love Moroccan mint tea. Okay, that's my jam. I guess because they add loads of sugar. It is very sweet, but it's very delicious. Yeah, that's my thing. And so you're vegan, so it seems like you eat pretty well. What's your like weakness food? For me, it's sugar. Like mm-hmm. I can't. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Ben and Joe's cookie dough. And I love candy, but Same. British candy, like What's... American candy. <laughs> Some <laughs> Sour Patch Kids are good, but they literally have you like creating faces. Yeah, like, they're too sour. Your, yeah, for sure. But Haribo Maoams, they don't have them here. They're oh. like chewy, like gumballs. They're so good. I love like gummy stuff too. Like mm. for candy, chocolate, I could never have. Yeah, but not I chocolate love... girl. Okay, same. Mm. It's bad though. It's not good for your skin. It's not good for your literally. metabolism. It's yeah. not good for anything. I've heard... <laughs> You are so good about making sure women are aware of the conversations they're having with themselves mm-hmm. and how they look in the mirror and self-talk and just self-love. Mm-hmm. How did you get to that place of understanding that you had to have self-love for yourself, but also that you want to share it with other women? That's a great question. I had a really toxic relationship when I was 18 and it was actually from a guy who lived in New York. It was long distance. Mm. One of the most romantic stories of how we met, but the worst tragic ending. And he was just really like manipulative and controlling. And I realized how much power that I had been taught to put in the hands of a man and that like in a day-to-day life, like a man's going to empower you and tell you're beautiful. Like you won't do that for yourself because you're considered vain. And it wasn't until this one day that he really upset me. And my godmother bought me a book by Louise Hay. And it said, it was called The Inner Wisdom. 
And I opened it and it was like, I am beautiful. I am a queen. And I'm like, why am I reading it like this? Like, that sounds really vain. And then I kept reading and she was, she would say like, okay, now affirm yourself. You are worthy. And I realized that like from reading that, how good I felt and how mm. powerful I felt. So from there, I just began like telling myself that. And I'm a huge believer in manifestations. Yeah. Like I cannot even count like on how many hands, how many times I've said like, one day I'm going to do a campaign with this person. Or, and then it happens. Yeah, or I really want to go to Afropunk. And then the next day Afropunk will email me and say, hey Nia, like would love for you to come. It happens all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. And my friends like literally they'll be like, okay, can you say that I'm going to get rich? And they want me to like place it on <laughs> yeah. them. But manifesting is so real, especially really when is. you're manifesting with purpose and not just like I manifest, I'm going to be rich because rich in what? Rich yeah. in money, rich in health. Like you have to be specific. So I'm learning that for sure. That's amazing. And it's unfortunate that you have to have sometimes a bad relationship to yeah. get you to the place that you are. Mm -hmm. What would you say for women that are maybe in relationships that they don't feel like are totally positive? How do you recognize those signs and like break free of it? Um, I've noticed it's when you hide things from your friends. Mm. We're often really quick to be like, girl, I went on a date and he was cute and he was yeah. this. But when you have to hide certain things, that's when you know, because you know your friends will be quick to say, Mm, that's not right or didn't you tell me not to date a guy who does this and I've just noticed like how you feel around that person is really important if you feel nervous or obviously you always get nervous before a date or whatever but yeah, if you but feel scared like, but it's not butterflies it's yeah. like you're walking on eggshells yeah you're like yeah afraid. You, yeah exactly if you don't know what to say or how to say it or if you just are scared of the person or you're scared to lose them like pay attention to those signs and obviously it's never easy to like leave a relationship because you sometimes may have built something with them or you feel like you can fix it but mm -hmm. if someone doesn't make you happy and you feel drained being around them or after seeing them it's not for you yes oh, I, I really hope people listening are taking that message mm -hmm. final question yeah when do you feel most beautiful oh um I think in the mornings okay. because like it's the start of a new day and mornings for me always set the tone. So just like looking in the mirror and just affirming myself today is going to be a great day and paying attention to my skincare, like just that extra dose of self-love. That's when I feel most beautiful. Yes. I love that. I love that. Well, cheers to mornings. Thank you so much. I know we're, it's just water, but cheers. we'll still do a toast. Thank yes. you so much for coming you, on the Naked Beauty podcast. And I'll leave everything in the show notes so you guys can all follow Nia but on Instagram she's Nia the light so just get blessed by her content it's always so inspiring and thank you guys for listening thank you hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.